winding sun, deceptive moon, and consuming shadows, many secrets are held beyond the sight of humanity. Wondrous and dangerous, the mysteries of Deerston leave no one unchanged. A bold crew of players are pleased to welcome you into that perilous liminality between the mundane, the unknown, and the unknowable. Whispers from Beyond is a mage, the awakening chronicle following the journey of Emily Tao, played by Craig. I'm Bill, and I will be your storyteller for this dive into the mysteries of Deerston. This is Craig, and we're doing a session for Sydney. Hey, Bill. I'm doing great. It's fun to be on this side of things for a bit. Glad to give you a little variety. So, I believe this is the first or second mage you've made ever? Uh, I played, like, one or two sessions of Old World of Darkness Mage. I played, like, a Son of Ether or something, and it just never got any anywhere going and i was been kind of intimidated by mage but i think we're gonna get through that because we're starting off as a vanilla mortal who is just has no idea what's going on so that's gonna be perfect for me yeah i'm glad to take away as much of the intimidation factor as possible so let me bring us up our blank character so i can follow along on my side too and be able to do the math as easy as you oh, awesome you got a printout today oh yeah i even printed it out on like parchment parchment paper very nice i the kind of guy who always hangs on to a digital of everything for all the players because otherwise it's easy to lose track once in a while so good standard five four three your primary secondary and tertiary category now let's talk a little bit about your characters know which way that you're going uh all right um the concept i was kind of thinking was like deer in the headlights sort of like a character who is very new at this and you know when something strange noisy and bright comes at her at in the middle of the night uh you got two choices you either you know get hit by the car or get out of the way and also i'm making a pun off deerston with there but uh, yeah, I'm thinking about playing, you know, like a, a brand new mage who has, uh, you know, again, no idea what's going on. And um, yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking like um, like a, a new college student who doesn't even know that getting into magic was a serious career option. So someone at this point is probably just like like lost and what um, is expected of the character going forward and, you know, just trying to deal with separating from home and starting a new life as like an adult so like a big transition period all around nice well since we're going to be focusing up on your awakening soon being in a big transition is exactly what you're going to be doing a lot of now as a college student would you say that your character is going to be solving a lot of things through wits and smarts or have they talked their way into college instead and are a bit more of the social butterfly who happened to be able to write a really good entrance essay or something. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just thinking that um, my character's like doing some sort of like, you know, get the gen eds done, community college thing, figure out what she wants to um, do when uh, she grows up. And parents probably told her, hey, don't spend a bunch of money on like a degree that's not going to be, um, be anything. But again, has no idea that being a professional mage is a career option. So, uh I'm thinking that um, it's more of like a, a wits sort of and like resolve type um, character uh, rather than like, you know, like a party animal. I don't see her having many friends. I'm actually kind of feeling that she like, I, I kind of like, I'm 
been thinking a lot about this and maybe like her dad died in Iraq or something and she's going to college on like one of those veterans um, survivors scholarships. So I don't know, maybe wants to do something useful, but has no idea what that is. Probably like accounting or something that's not going to be immediately replaced by like a computer. Well, it definitely sounds like you're going primarily with the mental stats for your character. And don't worry about being a deer in the headlights. Frankly, mages are constantly getting into things that are a little over their heads, even if they might have a lot of tricks to get out of the way. Learning from a position of ignorance is a huge part of the job description, though unfortunately, to some degree, trying to hold down a little bit of a day job or become good friends with someone who is sometimes is part of it also until you get good enough to find ways, you know, with a little bit of magic here and there to solve the rent problems much. It's important to maintain a bit of connection to regular people or you get your crazy wizards off in their ivory towers building homunculi or whatever nonsense they get up to. Yeah, I, Staying with, connected to people helps maintain wisdom and wisdom is the thing that is kind of your mage equivalent of humanity or, or integrity or the like. It helps you handle problems of a nature and shows how well you behave with your magic. And I don't really see her having a, a problem like interacting with like day-to-day people. I, I see her as like paying the bills by, you know, doing like maybe like a, some sort of ride share um, job on the side, just, you know, doing odd jobs. Like I'm, I feel like she's like running around and trying to um, make, make a buck any way she can because like she doesn't want to be in a lot of debt um, through this, even though like, she the big part of it's um taken care of like probably has to have like a, a roommate or something in order to afford rent in Deerston and I I don't know, like the whole constant running into new people plus trying to balance that with her studies and trying to you know see what sort of mystery needs to be solved and you know this awakening transition might be some sort of like like competing uh, uh, priorities sort of thing, which I think would be a cool thing to explore. Definitely. She sounds like she's got a lot of ways that things can go well for her and a good number of ones that will potentially lead things really far sideways too, but that's okay. It's not a friendly percent we have going in Deer's. So it sounds like you're going to go primary with the mental. You got five dots to pop in there. Do you think you're going to split them up? So uh, with five dots, I brought my intelligence up to two. She's smart enough to get into college, but still fairly average, not too bright. I put three in wits and then three in resolve. Excellent. Now, you mentioned she didn't have the hugest friend. She still got some. Is she a little bit more social than physical or the other way around? Your next category, you're going to have four for. Yeah, I'm seeing her as being like, um, well, not the biggest um, presence or manipulator, but very composed at things. So I think I'll bring composure up to three and then put another two or put another one to even it out for presence of manipulation. It's a pretty good call so far. Your resolve and your composure are the big crucial components that make up your willpower. And if anyone needs willpower, it's always a mage. You know, I wasn't even thinking of that, but that's, that's actually a really good thing. I did completely by accident, but it matters a lot. Your resistance stats are super important in magic. All right, so you got three dots that you can put towards the physical. All right. Um, I think I'm going to do two more in stamina and one in dexterity. Um, I mean, I'd see her as kind of like a more 
like smaller individual um in my head when i was just you know doing my channel what characters coming to mind i'm seeing her as like um like maybe third or fourth uh, generation uh like hamong um but uh you know kind of like uh lots of lots of mixing going around um like i i kind of was thinking that maybe on her father's side uh they immigrated to the united states after vietnam um that was pretty common um and just kind of like intermarried amongst the community and you know just having a really small frame i guess really uh kind of uh fits the description for the attributes that makes sense i know a lot of ended up going to the Wisconsin area and then ended up coming out further east after communities out there. You might have your family spread out a bit, if I'm guessing correctly. That's definitely the idea. I'm thinking maybe mom was from uh, East Coast, went to college in Michigan for something, um, met dad over there, and after uh, after Iraq, probably moved back out east, uh, took the kid with, and yeah, just kind of um, mixing around and uh, spreading out perfect sense so i'm guessing she's probably something like 18 or 19 yeah i i was i was feeling um 19 in my head like maybe just i'm not sure when we're starting what time of year but either uh last semester freshman or first semester uh sophomore year probably um, one of those i was thinking fall would be a good time like september october okay so let, let's say she's um like she's 19 maybe almost 20 um just right. just starting sophomore year I mean, a birthday can come later if we're going to start being worried about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might end up deciding she's all into astrology because she is a mage and could do something about the stars, but we yeah. don't have to get that in depth at this second. Yeah, I, I don't think um, I, I even need, haven't even looked at the magic section yet, so we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, well, because this is going to be the story of her awakening, we're going to skip actually the magic section for now. You're going to earned that through gameplay i'm going to divide up the parts of that dot of gnosis and you're gonna basically earn them even though usually you're just kind of getting it all at once that that sounds wonderful yeah uh the the more the more we can spread this out the the better and more comfortable i'm gonna feel it's really good all right so that's gonna give her for our starting calculated stats she's gonna have a good eight points of health because five and three, your stamina. I'm gonna start off with a little willpower, pretty powerful too. To our next chunk is going your skills. We got a good 11, seven, four breakdown. Again, our categories, physical, mental, social. How do you feel like her overall talents lie? Just because she's mental primary doesn't mean she's necessarily gonna have primary and mental skills as well. She totally can, but it doesn't guarantee it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking that um, we'll do um, primary, social, mental, secondary, and physical tertiary again. All right. So I mean, that's 11.74. Sure, yep, 11.74. And if you have a little bit of unsure, one of the tricks I've used myself during character generation is to back into it. Pop four in each of the categories, then see which of the two I want to raise to seven, then see which of the seven I want to raise to 11. All right. Is there any um, restrictions at this point with how far I could pop it? Right now, no major restrictions beyond the logic of, you know, what's going to fit. We want to make sense, but Maine's are also a kind of rural state in a lot of it. So there are skills that a city slicker might not have that totally make sense to pick up. Alrighty, um, I think I got it. Let's go through what you got. Okay, so um, 
I'm just going to start at the top. Um, mental, I made my uh, secondary uh, focus. So I put a dot each in academics. Um, you know, she finished a year of college, computer, crafts. She probably knows how to change a tire. Um, and, you know, I don't do minor crafts or whatever. I put two points in an investigation because, you know, got to solve a mystery. It's an RPG. And then I popped a point into a cult because, you know, what kid doesn't like, like their dad's old DVD collections of hammer flicks or whatever. And uh, put one point in science. Uh, physical, I had my tertiary focus. I put uh, one dot in athletics. She's fairly decent shape. Two points in drive because she's a rideshare driver on the side. And one point in stealth because just, you know, being small, diminutive makes it a bit easier for her to hide. Um, social primary. I, I thought um, she's probably a really empathetic person and can, like, understand w- what people are going through, even if, like, she might not be able to do much about it. So I put three points in empathy and then two points in expression. Like, she's able to get across what she's trying to say even if it's not using a whole lot of words all the time uh two points into persuasion she you know if she determined she can get what she wants uh two points in streetwise she's been living in the area um while she drives around practically all day so she knows what areas to avoid um you know what you know probably one of those like okay there's people been going missing over there we should probably avoid that area vampires (coughs) Um, and one point in subterfuge, she could probably talk her way out of a ticket. Nice. You can see a lot of logic and all the cult actually could be really fun beyond the fact that this is a mage game, because of course we mentioned that she's part Hmong, which involves a bit of Asian. Eventually, if any of the old world religion came across and got handed down, she found out that somebody was a big fan of Guan Yin or such, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I thought that might be, um, interesting i don't know a whole lot about it myself and would probably play the character as like you know probably raised apart from some for um cultural heritage but you know like the internet is a thing and uh there's a lot of different ways to be curious and learn yeah, yeah exactly which is pretty good and um streetwise perfect like it's well-rounded she's probably gone around this the area a lot because after all Deerston's right by bangor you have two meaningful metro areas side by side that really overlap her ride share for within an hour of each other yeah and um you know that the, the long howls are kind of how you you make your 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 bank um if you're just going uh local stuff it's yeah i guess if it's on the way exactly and there's Definitely multiple colleges in there. Bangor already college college over beside it in Orono. And I'm pretty sure that there's a couple colleges that made their way into Deerston as well. This is New England. More colleges per square foot than anywhere else in the world. Interesting. Uh, which, which one would accept uh, the likes of me? Well, I think that the Bangor Community College would probably be one of her most economical bets, you know? So the University of Bangor... I mean, sorry, University of Maine in Orono, if she gets past that and decides to, you know, really find her major is not a bad place to go, especially for, you know, in-state rates. So you really got to filter that in. Maybe uh, start off at Bangor with uh, um, Broadened Horizons to move somewhere once she has the gen eds taken care of. Bingo. All these places are still so close together that none of it's outside of a normal commute and what with the port in Deerston there's a lot more train traffic than we get outside of our dark little world yeah it's right they have 
actually a pretty decent metro system. In- yeah. And with the, all the expanded population we have going, it's genuinely still running as opposed to, you know, our regular world where the train actually stops only in, uh, what was it? Brun- not Brunswick. Maybe it was Brunswick. Yeah. It goes from Boston to Brunswick right now, but it used to originally go all the way through Bangor. If, if there's a deep water port, I'm pretty sure that the cargo trains go straight through Bangor to Deerston. Well, it does in this world. Exactly my point. Sorry, I I think economics it's side oh, yeah. effect of accounting. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like all the world of darkness, all that new, just say triple the population. Oh yeah, we're more than tripling the population. If anyone didn't know that, we're more than tripling the population. All right, Bill, what's next? Next, we figure out he's got a really interesting merit because once you have to start with, you got ten merit points to start with, and. Right now, you can grab mundane merits because she's not awakened yet. And if you want to, can bank merit points towards surprise or perhaps chosen if we really need supernatural merits, which will manifest once she awakens. Okay, so I think I want to bank some points into mentor um, because we talked how like it's not going to be easy going this alone, but I'm not sure if that's something I would spend now or just hold on to. Well. Mentor is def- is one of the only things that I would consider not a supernatural merit that you can get. It's not unusual for a potential mage to get the attention of somebody who can recognize the signs of, a, of a, you know, maybe they'll awaken and try to make a little contact in advance. Yeah, um, I just have this idea of like either like a professor at the college um, or maybe just like a random rideshare that uh, she picks up just like noticing something or something like that. So I'm not sure how many I should save for that. I mean, honestly, one point of a mentor means you got someone who actually at least has competence. And if you go higher than that, you can get people who are really good, really important or both. Could I bank one point now and then always add to it later if I get more points? Uh, you can. Yeah. After all, if you, I also do allow the whole idea where you don't have a lot of the important fellas' attention, but the more you prove your capabilities by putting experience points towards it, the more attention and backup you can get from them. All right, that's that's a good point. Well, we'll put one in there for now. Um, where are the rest of the mundane ones? I'm not as You're, familiar with the book. Yeah, table of contents really quickly. And mundane merits start on page 104. I do want to suggest that if she has that money from ride sharing, she wants a dot and just, you know, one. I'm the kind of person who said if you have zero dots and resources, you have literally nothing but begging money. That is a good point. Are there any other extreme cases like that? Do I need to put dots to get a house or a bed or something? Well, one dot is usually all you need to share an apartment with somebody, I would say. You got a roommate, two dots, you don't need a roommate or you buy a small house, you know? All right, let's, I'll go with one. And if your house or apartment is a really secure place, the safe place background makes it a more secure place. Actually, for story purposes, I I, I think the idea of it being rather unsecure might be fun. She, she doesn't have any magic to keep people from snooping around uh, her stuff like mundanely, let alone anyone with a supernatural uh, inclination. That's totally fine. Other mundane things that might make sense. Language. You mentioned that she does come from a family that has involved some immigrants. You thought it might be a more than a couple generations ago, but 
if it's not too far back, there is a chance that maybe you speak a language besides English, or you picked one up in school because frankly, everyone gets the chance to try and some people succeed at it and some really don't focus on it beyond the minimum courses. How many points did you say I have for this? You got 10. Oh, wow. I got to shoot for the moon. Hold on a minute. (laughs) My advice, spread them out instead of concentrate them, you know? Should also mention a couple other backgrounds that really might make sense depending on what you do. There's something called professional training, which, for example, if you are, say, you did mention that you do ride sharing, maybe you've learned a bit because one of your parents actually does limo driving or something like that. Maybe you actually qualified on CDL license, even though that's not your chosen career path. It does give you bonuses, roles relating to your specific sphere of training. You get enough in it and you can do rote roles, which re-roll your failures on your dice roll for it. If that's a direction that you feel passionate about, if you want to be truly the driver. Also totally not optional. And I mean, you got a couple other things that I can point out as potentially really as someone who does a lot of driving. You could be a trained observer which means that you are really good at noticing the weird things about the people you pick up, I would say, as a reason of why. Or maybe you have striking looks, which is a great and horrible thing to have as a driver simultaneously. It's really good and dangerous at the same time. All right. I think I got it. Um, So I'm popping one into uh, Mentor One. Um, She's probably caught the eye of someone. We don't know who this is yet, but... uh... We can figure that out offline to an extent where yeah. you can go for a surprise, however we want to handle that. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to meet this person in the course of the adventures at some point. So we'll, mm-hmm. again, but burn I, their- I love collaborative world building, too. I like to make sure everyone gets all the agency they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting one dot into other language, and I think maybe she's curious about um, her heritage. So, you know, took some, uh, like, intro, um, I'm not sure if. The language is like Hmong or is it Vietnamese? Let's do a really quick web yeah, search to I, confirm because I prefer I, not to be ignorant on this. <laughs> All right. Yes, it is a language as well. All right. So you get to have an unusual language, which gives me the deliberate challenge of finding ways to have an uncommon spoken only in like the China, Vietnam, Cambodia era, area and only parts of it as something that matters in the game. And I will find a way to follow through on that. Thanks, Bill. Um, the next uh, thing I'm putting points into or point is going to do resource one. Uh, she probably has an apartment with a roommate. Uh, I mentioned that she has some sort of uh, scholarship, um, like some sort of uh, veteran survivor scholarship to you know help her through college, but probably not enough to stretch to go like a big name school. But um, it's enough to keep her afloat, and it's also supplemented by, you know, her being a workhorse at all these odd jobs she's picking up. Um, that makes sense. So it's so completely college student. Yeah, pretty much. So like she's she can afford to have something more than ramen every once in a while. Um, next, I'm picking uh, one point of striking looks, just because I think it's both good and bad, and that could be interesting um I, i'm seeing her as like you know like mixed culture and maybe it's just like she hit the genetic um like lottery just for some physical traits that you know people are you know tend to notice and there's also the quote that i can recall on this that there's a certain kind of beauty that 
only the young are blessed with and college students are literally what they parade around as the ideal on TV to some extent. Yeah, maybe she uh, looks like she could be cast in the CW, in a CW show or something. Maybe. Doesn't hurt. Um, I'm taking, uh, I'm going to take that uh, trained observer for three, I think, because that just sounds great. Um, I already have points in like some of the more awareness driven skills. So I might as well round it out and make it sure that she gets the clues. Trained observer is amazingly powerful at three dots. Eight again is truly a beautiful thing on dice. And uh, everything. Yeah. And I think for my last three dots, I'm going to pick a true friend, her mom. All right. That means that no matter what, I can't kill her. Yeah. Her dad's already dead. Oh, no. There's probably plenty of, uh, I mean, if, if, the, if the story calls for it, I won't get, but I, I think it's it's always good to have someone who can just like get your back or like, mom, I need $8,000, no questions asked sort of thing. That's fair. And duly noted, technically, there the only way that a true friend can be taken out of the game is with your permission in advance and Sanctity of Merits refunds the dots to you or lets you potentially get a different true friend. Uh, you you have my permission up front on that, as long as it's serving the story. Okay. So the other way that you could consider going is that your true friend is also a potential to use as your mentor if you prefer instead of your mom. But if you want to keep with mom, instead of having the loyalist mentor ever once you were in mentor dog. Yeah, I, I think I want these to be separate relationships, you know, like... Um, Maybe the mentor is like, okay, I can I can advance myself by taking a protege, or it's in my best interest to make sure that this young mage succeeds. But you know, mom actually cares. Fair enough. I mean, in general, mages want other mages around. Maybe they're competition to some degree, but the world is magically hurt a little bit when less mages exist in it. That's that's an interesting point. Like, is like is paradox like a thing in this edition? Oh yes. Every single magic role has a little paradox. The whole thing with that is the higher your gnosis, which limits, you know, to an extent how powerful your magic can be as well. You know, your maximum rating in Arcana and such. Every two points rounded down in gnosis you have is one die of paradox applied to every role you do for magic. But if the paradox doesn't succeed on that role, no paradox. You're going to eventually have a dedicated magical tool which reduces your paradox pool by two dots of two dice of paradox every time you're able to use it in your spells which is pretty nice to have and you can spend mana to cancel out dice of paradox also so there's a lot of different ways you can protect yourself from it but it is still a real and constant danger yeah because uh, what's the use of having magic if it's dangerous in the world like I view it as fire, you know, playing with fireworks. They're awesome, but, you know, don't close your fist on it after you light it. Basically, and you have a lot of different ways of reacting to Paradox to loose, um, what's where I look for, reduce the impact of it, I think is the best way to put it. You can soak Paradox successes as levels of bashing damage. Potentially. Stamina. You soak it with your wisdom, actually. Oh, really? Yep. So your wisdom actually helps you keep the world from being paradoxed. And Paradox can do really, really bad things because it lets in that which should not exist. To simplify it. Hmm. I can't, I can't see things that shouldn't be existing actually being around in a world of darkness setting. Well, why is it a dark world? <laughs> the, the humans were the real, the real darkness all along. And the monsters are the friends we make along the way. 
All right, let's finish up the calculated stats. We already went through health and willpower because I had a feeling you weren't going to take any merits that we're going to mess with those like giant size or something. Not with this character. Exactly. So the size is five for you. Speed is eight because you got five plus one strength and two dexterity. Your dexterity plus your composure initiative modifier, which is five. Technically, you don't have wisdom yet. You still have integrity, integrity like a normal human. So you start that off at your base of seven. If you make it through the awakening, you actually get to go up one to wisdom eight, which gives you nice nifty benefits and makes it so easy to accidentally drop a little wisdom if you're irresponsible. Normal mages start at wisdom seven, which tells you everyone in general, once they've done magic for a while, was a little too irresponsible at least once. So um, is defense anything? Yep. Sorry, forgot you to say that. Defense is the lower of wits and dexterity plus your athletics. So defense is three. And I got um, some plus two chain mail in my trunk. Oh, awesome. You must have gone to the fishmongering place and picked up some of the micro mail they use <laughs> against all the cod when they're playing with their sharp <laughs> knives. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that, that was definitely a joke. But uh, yeah, I don't see her having Oh, but I couldn't help but think about it. And once you're a mage and have two dots in an arcana, which happens by default once you finish awakening, the second dot in an arcana lets you turn it into armor of a sort. And each arcana does it a little differently. I see it working like the uh, the David Lynch Dune movie where we have just the blocky bubbles <laughs> of magic. Everyone is different. Like some types of mage armor will turn lethal into bashing. Others will add to your defense. Other will just reduce damage by one point, et cetera, et cetera. And they all work on most, but not all kinds of damage, each one with its own you know, exceptions and unexceptions. And then on top of that, you can actually cast spells for even more kinds of armor afterward, because mages who prepare are mages who survive. Well, let's have a little more fun and go backwards a tiny bit to nail down your virtue and vice. So unlike second edition, where, I mean, first edition, where you are stuck with the seven deadly sins and the seven primary you know, virtues, we can go with those. And we got some good suggestions. But you also have the wonderful ability to suggest an alternative virtue or vice, which truly fits your character as well. And we can work with it. Your virtue, of course, you can on a less regular basis, fulfill it, fulfill it well and get your entire willpower pool filled. Your vice, you can use more often and get one point of willpower back. So I I kind of have um, some thoughts about this. I'm not sure if they are aligned to any technical terms in the book, but like virtue, I'm thinking maybe she's like a truth seeker or some sort of like someone who needs to find exactly what's going on with the world. All right. Literally inquisitive is not one of them technically, but I mean, ambitious that technically could be an ambitious kind of one if we're sticking towards the base words is important or a bit of courageous, depending on if she does this I mean, the kind of reason she does it for, does she do it to protect people? Does she do it because she believes that it's important for everyone to learn, et cetera, you know, or much because curiosity also is a valid vice because if her vice is curiosity, when she does something reckless or dangerous or such to try to learn things, then the done. So I'm totally taking vice curiosity now. Vice curiosity. It is. And I think virtue, uh, it's with courageous. I like that. And they complement each other so well. 
one of them, you're going and looking for all the problems because they could tell you something about the world. And the other is, well, I'm already doing this anyway. I am saving Joe Job or whoever it is as well. And maybe I'll learn something on a side effect. Yeah. And plus, I feel like they're more like active uh, things, uh, which I think would work better for a type uh, awakening. So like uh, going out and actually doing the thing rather than just like experiencing it. It'll, it'll force me. I mean, frankly, proactive is a great idea in almost every single case, except for really giant games, in which case people occasionally got to coordinate their proactives in advance. Now you're not awakened yet, but we were going to make sure we agreed on the flavor of your awakening in advance, if I remember correctly. Yep. And have you hopefully kept the same one we discussed before? So um not doing too much reworking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Should we should we keep it a secret or should I just I we can keep it a secret. I'm just making sure we're keeping with the same one and I will mark it down politely on the sheet. That is your path. Okay. And are you still looking for a mentor in the same order we discussed before as well? Uh yeah, if one such exists. If one such did not exist before, they certainly will now. And we can do a little more reserve the surprises of how interesting that mentor will be, how much they're going to be high in the order or down to earth and approachable. That, however, will be another thing to be revealed to our dear listeners when it happens. Um, I do see something on my sheet that says uh, shadow name. Is that different than like my character's name? Yes, it is. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So... Your character has, of course, the name they're born with, which we're going to want to put out there for you because you haven't came up with a shadow name yet. But a shadow name is a mage name, basically, the one they're going to go with in mage society and kind of their covert identity to separate their regular life and their magical life. It's a background that you can purchase and the dots in it are usable to help enhance your magic when you keep inside the theme of your name. But also they act as something that will protect you from being uh, the target of hostile magics, especially from a distance. A mage who does not know the name you were born under takes a penalty to trying to do magic on you from a distance because you are an awakened mage yourself. Hmm. So if they want to scry on you or cast curses on you through their mirror or something like that, your shadow name insulates you. And you are very, very encouraged to figure one out early on in your mage career. Man, hmm. I'm actually kind of thinking the name that I picked out for the characters but actually make a pretty decent shadow name is it okay if they're too close well the closer they are the easier it might be for someone to connect a to b Mm -hmm. but all that means is if you really love that name as the shadow name work backwards a little further away from it to be able to get her birth name since names are hard i'm not going to hold you down to a name in names are hard let me let me names matter and especially in mage names have symbolism you tend to slowly become what you name yourself in your shadow name. A mage who decides that it's best to work under the name of Odin will probably end up losing their eye at some point. I can see the wheels turning now. Yeah. You're starting to realize what this could cost and make happen. Oh, yeah. Isn't it beautiful? It's it's amazing because now my, my shadow name is definitely going to be what the character's real name is. Or real name would have been, or are you actually really trying to keep them the same? Because that's oh. the, the background doesn't count unless they're different names. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, here's the easy one. Your character has a nice American sounding name because of the immigration for your ancestors, and they're trying to help you fit in in school without being made fun of. But guess what? 
They also secretly told you what your name would have been in your old culture, and you could have chosen to adopt that. So I could I could adopt my my cultural name as a hmm. yeah, because it's not like it's on your birth certificate. It's not like it's the first one they called you in the hospital. It's not like what it's what you were known as in public as a normal garden variety generic human being for the first 19-ish years of your life. Your first name is the one that's your true name and your shadow name, any second name that's shown up. It could even, if you were a Christian, have been like your baptismal name, for example. Hmm. All right. I have come up with uh, both of them. What do we got? So um, I almost don't want to say what my uh, shadow name is. Then let's not say your shadow name. Yet. Okay, let's we'll say with your birth name for now, because that's so, what we'd be introducing you anyway. Yeah, so I'm thinking her um, her her birth name is Emily Elizabeth Tao. Uh, yes, two first names, no middle name, which probably really messes with whatever form she has to fill out. And the last name Tao, T A O or D A O? T A O. Just making sure because yep. they've changed the transliteration so many times over the years. And I recognize where you're going from with that. And if you're using the long version of the character sheet, there's something under your description that says sympathetic name. That's the one you're born under in the far back. So when you say born under, that's your birth certificate, you're called okay. in school, et cetera, et cetera. The shadow name is basically part of the persona you construct for yourself as you become a bigger and bigger mage. It's you reforming your own reality around your continually evolving and advancing nature, tying yourself to the supernal. So like if you keep adding new parts to it, it becomes more powerful or more complex, harder to like crack the code on? Uh, more like it's a one to three point background, but basically the more you understand and work with the symbols of it, you can apply those symbols everywhere that they make sense. If you name yourself after a goddess or a saint or something like that, for example, things that apply to their sphere of influence now apply to your sphere of influence and your name can be added to them. Wow. So it's just, it's creating the legend. It is very much creating a legend. And literally it's a very powerful legend in certain senses because you are the only one who truly needs to believe it for it to work, but it doesn't hurt to be known either. Excellent. That's so what I did end up picking that I had one idea in mind with like Emily Elizabeth. My, my kid's been watching a lot of Clifford, the big lad dog, but I found something better. So we'll keep, we'll, we'll we'll keep that as her actual birth name. That's fine. Until what's been, you know, said to you by an NPC or vice versa, we reserve the right to change things as needed from this character creation session, as far as I'm concerned. Excellent. All right. And um, I mean, I'll let you worry about the details on, you know, hair, eyes, et cetera, under your description just to give to me afterwards so I can remember for references. We don't have to go all out loud unless you have a really good visual image you'd like to describe right now. Um, just uh, again, real quick, um, I'm thinking, you know, slight build, um, probably five, two or so, you know, fairly small. Um Hmong and Caucasian mixed features, uh, brownish black hair with um, uh, probably brown eyes as well, or maybe with the striking looks, maybe it's green eyes. Yeah, let's do that. Um, maybe that's what sticks out. Uh, yeah, probably just like wear, probably not very fashionable, um, probably wears a lot of jeans and sweatshirts, um, probably just uh, running shoes, even though she doesn't really run. Yeah, I, I 
I know it's not her, but uh, I'm seeing her as driving like a maybe a 10 year old Subaru hatchback of some sort. All right. And so I think we're probably going to be calling our first session in 2018. We'll say that she was born in 98 or sorry, or 99, probably. You were saying on the edge between 1920. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking like maybe 19-ish. All right, so we'll just bookmark that she was born in 1999, and you can figure out any other details on that later if we want to play that it matters at some point. It might. Who knows? Mages, the stars, astrology. Or at least we could figure out which year of the Asian zodiac she falls under, and that might matter to her too in symbolism. If she was born in the very beginning of the year, it's going to be a little different than the very end of the year based on your dates of the lunar new year. All right. Are there any other get that established for posterity right now? Or are we going to just reveal the rest as we go? Um, just looking at the sheet real quick to see if there's anything missing. Can we cover description a bit? Um, don't have familiars yet. Yeah, those are a little pricier to buy, but I see nothing wrong with if you decide that you want to get a familiar at some Yeah, I'll, I'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Before or after you cross it? <laughs> Uh, mid br- mid bridge, so the bridge is collapsing, and it's like one road runner things. It doesn't collapse until you're on the other side. Ah, perfect maximum drama. Then there's an explosion in the background, but she's too cool to look at the. Exp- and she's got her sunglasses at night. Of course. All right, awesome. Just if you get two guys in suits who want you to drive them to Chicago, run for. Them. Don't even take that one. Who cares what the fare is? Nothing good can come of it. All right. So what's next? We've actually covered all the big parts. Your supernatural funness, you're going to be earning that as we go through. So things will slowly appear on your sheet as you awaken. And as long as you successfully awaken, you get to keep the whole package of them. You're going to get your, you're going to earn three dots in the arcana, two of which are going to be the ruling arcana tied to your path, two in one of them, one in the other of them. Those, you're going to get your first thought in Gnosis, which I've kind of broken the stages tied to that. And you're going to also get a dot in one of your resistant attributes as a side effect of awakening as well, which is going to bump your willpower up to seven by the time you're done. Either your resolve or you're getting on the path you've taken. If I revealed that much, someone who knows Mage the Awakening well would be able to narrow it down to two or three choices in advance. And I'd like surprise for that pleasantly quick. Yeah, that was much quicker than I thought it'd be. And one more thing you're going to want to start thinking in advance, though, on top of the rest, and it's not going to apply yet, is as a mate, you are going to have an obsession. An obsession is something that your character is genuinely curious about in a magical sense. And trying to study it, understand it, master it is a very good way of getting arcane experience, which helps you grow your arcana or your gnosis. And if you truly understand and master that particular obsession, it's okay. Don't worry. You can replace it with a new one. You get to start off with one. And if your gnosis goes up a bunch, you can actually get multiple obsessions at once and be very curious about multiple parts of the universe. Yeah, I have an idea what it is, but we'll we'll see uh, what we do. Totally. There are multiple ways it can work out in play. What are um, conditions and aspirations? I see those are on the... So conditions and tilts are going to be basically things that apply to your character, either short-term or long-term, which will impact how they work. So a condition would be something like a sprained wrist, for example, might count as a condition. Or if you do really good at researching something, you could get the inspired condition 
or informed condition, which give you a bonus to another role involving it. A tilt is like a condition, but it's longer term and often a bit more severe as well. And then aspirations are goals for your character, which by working towards them and fulfilling them are also ways to be able to earn beats. Five beats turns into an experience point. So just like you're following your obsession helps you with your magical experience, your arcane experience, aspirations help you with your mundane experience and are also, you know, another way of voting which way you're hoping that the story will go. You could have aspirations like punch the mayor in the face or get the longest cab drive route ever, drive someone to Florida, you know, or they could be smaller things like meet the cool boy at the club. The cool boy doesn't know you exist yet, though, so it has to actually have some meaningful challenge to become valid. It can't just be something along the lines of, tell the world my favorite color is blue, and then post it online. No, it's got to actually involve some... Um, Can the aspirations, like, tie into the obsessions, or is that double-dipping? They shouldn't be too close to being the same thing. They can be related. So, if, for example, you were all about fate magic... You could be curious about how, how a destiny works. And that could be your obsession, understanding what a destiny is. And at the same time, you could be concerned with making sure that somebody's future in particular isn't screwed over by something. Like you discover that you care about somebody, they have a destiny. You want to understand magically what a destiny is. And your aspiration is to protect your friend, relative, coworker, whatever from having some kind of a bad future set in stone and find a way to change it. One's about knowledge, one's about action. Ah. And the aspirations do not need to tie to in-character things. They're also allowed to be player aspirations. It's just, in some ways, they really should tie together between you know a good marriage of player and character. That makes That's- sense. All right. And finally, what is the name of this chronicle? Right now, we are still the Awakened of Deerston because we are going to find out where you want to go. And I have many roads and many paths that I can lead you on, but you have to choose which road feels best to your feet. Oh, that's a good, uh, that's a good thing to end on. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.